want to thank Phil Arch and Brian DeSimone, a first option for sponsoring Anthony Knight, one of the brightest minds in real estate. You're going to hear a bunch of nuggets from him, and uh, he gives us his three secrets to ensure success in real estate. So enjoy this podcast, and thanks again, First Option, for being great partners. Hey, everybody. Steve DeLaviaga, our Sales Excellence Podcast, and we are focusing on what we need to do in the gap in this speed and with Rise. We're so blessed at Rise to have our Rise Nation Mastermind speakers. I'm on the phone with my brother, A.K. Anthony Knight. Mr. Knight, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Good. Now, Anthony was, has won Best in Las Vegas for Best Brokers in the State of Nevada in the last four years. He did over 300 transactions. He's also my mentor on how you adopt and support a no-kill pet shelter, which we've now got multiple partners across the U.S. who've done that. And, Anthony, you were the one that taught us that. So not only is he a world-class realtor, he's all around just a great, good dude and a stud, and he loves animals. So, Anthony, take away, man. Give people a little color about yourself, where you've been doing, where you're at. Well, yeah, so I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, obviously, and um, I've been here about 12 years. I started real estate in 2009. Um, I like to point <laughs> out, I like to point out too that, um, you know, when we, when we talk about transaction count, because I've been on panels over the years with other guys that I have tons of respect for, but, you know, when we're introduced or they're introducing us, you know, so-and-so 300 transactions a year with, you know, 40 agents or 250 yeah. transactions with 55 agents. So yeah, my team does right at about, we were just under 300. I think we were at like 298 last year. Um, but that's with six agents, right? But hey, um, I, I, yeah, I, look, I, I, this is what's great about you. You started when actually one of the worst times in real estate, supposedly, but it really helped you. Right. And it really kind of propelled you. Do you, uh, we're going to jump around a little bit, but do you see similarities between when you started in 09 in Nevada, where it was pretty much, you know, you basically had listings all over the place, but they're all REO or short sale. You had to find your own buyers. Do you see any similarities or do you think this market's totally different? We've been asking this question about what's the difference between the two markets we're in now? Cause they're both declining as we know. I think it's a lot different actually. Yeah. So, okay, you know, yeah. yeah. And the reason why is basically during the recession, first of all, too, the the recession was a much like slower moving, more of a painful death, I felt like. And I was actually yeah. a restaurant owner going oh, into geez, that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> um so it was a lot different as as far as just you know, I I believe that we were in more of a artificial economy at that point by the time we hit 08. Um, things were already declining. I think the the economy up to 08 had been, you know, somewhat artificial because of the types of mortgages, obviously, that were being done that weren't being done a month ago, right? Well, I think I think the other thing is the other one was was honestly economically driven by you know um, the real estate market probably did it to itself, right? Right. The uh, replacement costs were 2.1 for a property. Now they're down to 1.5. Your median household, you know, rent to own ratio was like at 24. Now we're at 17. Mm -hmm. There's no economics for having the housing. It's just everybody's got to go through this because this is pandemic caused. Right. And I say this all the time. Your job now is to make sure you prepare yourself and your business to be around for the rebound because it is coming. Right. Right. And this is temporary. This is four to six weeks. So, right. so for you, and I think, 
So, so right now, you know, you, you've got this gap time, this period, right? Give me the one or two things you are focused on as not just a leader of your team, but also a realtor in general. What are the one or two things you're focused on right in this gap such that when we do come out in four to six weeks, you are ready to hit the ground running? Because you told me you also took four listings this week. So you're also still right. transacting, which I love. I really feel like this is a great opportunity and has been for me to really do a, uh, audit of my business. And, um, cause we're always just running and, and we're pretty responsible, but since we have had a little bit of a slowdown, um, it's been a good opportunity just to really take a look at, at everything and our models and take some time to implicate, implicate things that have the, you know, been on our mind or implement rather, you know, things that have been on our mind. So um, I, I really suggest. What, what, are, what are a couple of those? What are a couple of things that you said? Okay. Now that I got some time and strategic, what are the one or two things that you actually did? We're doing this and what were they? What'd you do? Well, yeah. And, and giving advice out there too, to people that are listening, really take the time to do an audit to make sure you're prepared to, to not only survive, but prosper in a time like this, because I've seen now since I started in 09, obviously lots of different types of markets. And, um, you know, my, my business model was built on buyer lead gen back in 09, right? Because I couldn't get an REO account. There's no way in hell starting at that point that was already locked up. I was too new. There weren't any equity sellers. There, there, really um, there were short sales. I was able to pick up some of those, but I had to focus on buyers and, you know, I, I, right. I kept those same models in place now since I started, but then, you know, I really went heavily about six years ago into, into becoming a good listing agent too, once I had the opportunity. So now we're pretty balanced. Um, so what I really suggest is first off, and I'm always going to say this stuff anyway, that's the thing, no matter what type of crisis it is or what type of market we're in, I'm always going to tell people the same things and ask the same question. How big is your database? Right. 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 Are, are you already in front of these people that are in your database? Or is this, is this the first time you've reached out? Because I'm hearing, I'm, I'm, you know, watching or, you know, um, different, um, Different programs, podcast, pod, yeah, listen to podcasts, right, um, Zoom meetings, all this stuff, whatever, and <clears throat> I'm hearing all these people say, get on the phone, get on the phone, get on the phone and call, and I'm going, aren't, why aren't you already doing that? So if, well, if you got, you know, and I understand, but, but, it, but it's like, if you call somebody that's a past client that you haven't talked to for six years, they're probably not that impressed. They might not even remember you because they, they haven't heard from you. No, and, and it, it, this this is definitely a database audit time frame for people. And I know how passionate you've been about that because you've been a systems guy for your entire 12 years in real estate. So for us, we talk about this. You got to create some emotional proximity to that database. And now is not the time to be selling them things. It simply is, hey. How are you doing? How's it the totally, thing? but, then, but before that, I, I wouldn't just be dialing through the contacts in my phone. I would be building the infrastructure right now, even if it right. takes a couple of weeks or, or whatever it is. But if, and you, by infrastructure, Anthony, you mean like, you mean like what tech are you using? Yeah. You mean like, are you using a CRM? 
Right. Um, do you have a database at all? If you don't, how can you obtain that? Do you have, I mean, is it literally going to be going through the contacts in your phone and, and your mm -hmm. email list and, and plugging this stuff in manually to a CRM. I mean, it, it may come to that for some people, but you got to start building that foundation. And right now is the time to do it. And, you know, don't put the cart before the horse because these, these agents out there that are just going to pick up the phone and make some calls and whatever, when things get back to normal, which they will, they're not going to, it's not going to be a habit because they're not going to have any type of structure. So then they're just going to go right back to shooting off the hip. See, this is the, this is the thing I've always loved about how you did it. You have to have a, a plan out that's planned out in the database where that tells you your actions every day when you come to the office. These are the seven people you need to call today. These are the seven people you need to write a text today. These are the seven people you need to follow up on their home anniversary dates. There's, there's a system around creating a database of future buyers and sellers that acts as a data bank. There is a system. Right. And I think for, from your perspective, your whole, cause you still generate plenty of leads on the web, but once you get them into that database, what makes you better and different is those folks, even if they didn't initially inquire on your listing or to, they, they tend to know who you are. You're, you're, you're a referral business. What's your referral business? What percentage of your business comes out of referral? Uh, about 35. Yeah. yeah. Good. I mean, that's and that's stuff that's been growing every year with you because you've done such a good job with the database. Let me ask you this. Everybody that's successful we deal with has a AI, what I call adversary. It's I call it adver not artificial intelligence. I call it adversity intelligence. Mm -hmm. Give me the one thing in your life that you think helped shape you into who you are today. Like what was the adversity event that you had that really made you plant stand you know plant your feet stand firm be a man and go okay I have to now get better dealing with this and that event helped you be who you are today what would it be for you well the number one actually for me was um, I, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 30 and uh, just turned 30 years old and had to do uh, two cycles of chemotherapy so that was probably the oh, biggest yeah. one yeah. Um, then outside of that, really, it was, it was the 2008 recession as a business owner. Um, uh, because for me, I had gone through the chemo came in, you know, it was rough. It was rough about one year period for me. Um, some uncertainty definitely. And a lot of just, uh, reflecting on things and a lot of time to think and, um, you know, all those things that, that you hear about or for people that have gone through it, you know, definitely understand or gone through something similar. But then I came out of that. I was doing really well. I had been very responsible with my money and um, went into the um, restaurant business and was doing well, you know, until um, the, uh -huh. the re because we were in a shopping mall. Right. So, um, again, right. hung in there for quite a while it was a slow, painful death and, and, you know, then kind of lost wow. everything I'd worked for and had to start over and knew that I wasn't ever going to go back and punch a time clock or do anything like that. And so in 2009, I went, you know, I got my real estate license and it all worked out, but yeah, so those are, those are kind of the two things, but probably the biggest thing was the, you know, the health scare. So, wow. And, and you saw that, you, you, that happens. Then on top of that, and you did well with your money, you didn't spend frivolously, 
then you go invest in the business that's winning and that goes under. Yeah. So that, that, that kind of mindset shift. So you get into real estate and here you are like in Vegas in 09 where it's just crashing around. Yeah. How did you, what, what did you just decide to do? What were the two things you decided to do strategically or tactically that you said, I'm just, I got to do X and X and what were they? And, and how'd you make it out of that to become who you are today? What'd you do? Well, really? So I started in March of 09 and my, my broker, I was at a century 21 office. And at the time she had a full yellow page ad. So we were getting calls from buyers coming in from out of state, you know, that were, that had money and prices were so oh, low. Okay. I mean, man, I was selling homes for like 40, 50,000, you know, condos for like oh 20, 25,000. So I was, I was slinging them. And so I closed 48 transactions that first year because in your first year, yeah. In the first, in the first awesome. nine months from, yeah. From March to the end of the year, um, all, all by side. Yep. All, by all of them. Yeah. And, um, that's awesome. and actually it's funny though, out of 48 transactions I made, I think it was like $54,000 after my split and everything, <laughs> and, which was fine. I was, I could eat. Yeah, so you're yeah, new, you're learning. Yeah. yeah. Right, you're, yeah. Um, so, but anyway, um, so I realized though, by January of 2010, that just about every single buyer that I worked with was coming from out of state, almost every one of them, right? Because all the people that lived in Vegas were pretty much losing their homes and, um, and the cash was coming from other places. So realizing that I thought, man, people have got to be looking online. If they're not, they're going to be real soon. There wasn't much out there. Zillow wasn't even a really doing lead gen. They were still like their Zestimate. Um, And so I started researching Google pay-per-clicks and, and um, anybody else that was out there in the real estate industry that was into this stuff and met Howard Tagger that way, who's the founder, yep. you know, Tiger Lead and Y Lopo and linked up with him and started generating leads. And more importantly, really from Howard learned how to, uh, how to build and manage a database because of really at that time, it was just a dashboard. I mean, the CRMs that we have now, it's, it's so much easier than it was just 10 years ago. It's changed oh just gosh. drastically. I can't believe it. And so it became a habit for me. And, and that's how I built my team. And those are our habits. All right, partner. You said there are three things in real estate that you think are super important. Walk me through that. I think there's three main components. And I think if you practice them, you'll be successful in any market and not in any particular order, but it's knowledge, effort, and relationship based. That's it. That's it. It's funny. It's it's not that hard. It's well, it's funny. It's, it's not that difficult knowledge, effort, relationships, but it's hard because you have to do it every day and you got to be committed to it. Well, I tell my agents it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, there you go. And that's, that's so, a better way to say it. And, and I well, think what I love about your agents too, Anthony, is that they, they figure out, usually they come from someplace else. They're new when they get in this game. They realize you've made this a system uh, that is the system works, period, end of story. If you follow your plan, you make more money. Yeah. And it's funny because when people leave, I know if a couple of, they don't make that money anymore anywhere else. Because they're right. not able to have the system built around it the way you've infrastructured it. 
So, you know, let's think about this for a second, right? If, if you're in this gap, obviously you're like database audit. Absolutely. Are you looking at finances? Are you going through and kind of fine tooth combing some things and getting out of some of the expense, knowing that we're going to be in for a little bit of a dip in the next three, four months? Absolutely. Yeah. So that was the first thing I did starting, you know, a couple of weeks ago, because again, you know, we, we already had good systems in place. And so there's really not a lot I can change right now with that because we're already in the habit, you know, my agents dial typically at least 80 to a hundred people a day as it is. So, um, you know, they've had a little more time, obviously they're, they're still out on appointments though too, but they've had time, more time to dial people. So they're making more calls, but it's not like we went from never making calls to all of a sudden, you know, let's roll up the phone line. Um, And so, yeah, definitely just a a complete audit of my business from uh, a financial standpoint, what are we spending on? And, you know, I have three admins too. And so there's been, I've been working really closely with them because there were a couple of things that I found was a little disappointed in the way we were operating and, you know, in, in some areas and, and money being spent on things that, you know, accounts that we're not even really using that much and stuff like that. And so it's, it's, it's been good for that. But, um, but one thing yeah. we're, we're, we're really working on and we've begun our initial marketing campaigns on. And, and so, yeah, that's the thing I I've been busier now than I normally am because of really not only, doing an audit of the business and, and dealing with, you know, people working from home and stuff like that. But also what, what can we do to, to build through this? And so one of the things that we're working on and that, you know, is taking some time for, for information to develop. I've been, it slowed me down a little bit, really waiting on, um, the CARES Act and, and really reading through that and, and navigating through it and figuring it out. But, um, but we've become, or we've really begun um, promoting uh, our assistance, you know, and helping homeowners navigate through this, through the CARES Act primarily. And, and we know that there's going to be a lot of families out there that'll need to delay their mortgage payments. And we want to make sure that, you know, that they'll be proactive by, by getting advice because a lot of people don't really even know what type of mortgage they have. Right. So we know through this, that FHA's offered a, uh, a plan, you know, um, up to 12 months and a, and a, a forbearance. And we know that the Fannie and Freddie backed uh, mortgages also will receive that offer, but there's about 40% of the mortgages out there that are not government secured. Right. So, but, but again, a lot of the people that we talk to, when you ask them, Hey, what type of mortgage did, did you get? They don't know. They they only remember what their down payment was. And so these are people we know, especially here in Vegas, there's what, I think 300,000 people now, or maybe more that are laid off. So we know that this wave is coming, right? Yeah. And we, we've been positioning ourselves the last couple of weeks for this to say, Hey, we're, we're here. Well, we know what to look for. We know how to help you find it. We'll help you figure out what type of mortgage you have, who's servicing it, 
what type of offers out there for you this is free we're not attorneys if we think you need an attorney we'll we'll send you down that road but we're here to help and um so you know we know too that some of them especially maybe a couple months from now may be in a better position to sell they may elect to sell not to try to do a loan modification or a, a forbearance agreement and of course if they want to sell we're here for that too. Now you, you, you're smart to get in front of this because especially in Nevada where we, you know, I love Nevada. It's one of my favorite States in America, but we're going to have 50% of the people that have been let go have a hard time getting back to full-time work this year because it takes time to ramp up and casinos are businesses too. And they've got to run it like a business They're accountable to shareholders. So you're going to see folks won't be able to necessarily find employment again. And so you got to be in the middle of the, let me help you as you navigate through this with some knowledge and advice. Yeah, um, we kind of have a template for it too now. I mean, I think as a, as a nation from the 2008 recession, there's kind of a little bit more of a template. And I really believe we'll see how it all plays out. But definitely on paper, the stimulus package that we have offered today is much, much better than the one oh, yeah. in the past, right? So hopefully that works. And I think if it does, a lot of people will be in a really good position, but yeah, we know that it, it won't be everybody. And we just want to make sure that we continue to uh, build relationships. It's an effort, knowledge and relationship based business. I love it. Um, all right. We got, we got to talk about this to me. It's one of the most inspiring best things you've done, how you kind of have blended your business and personal, which goes to your relationship model you adopted a no-kill pet shelter. You created a Foster Friday on your website. You have how many people on your business site? How many people? In my 20? business? Yeah, on your business site. How many people on your business site? How many consumers it's, have liked your business site? 20,000? Some crazy number. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're up in the, in the thousands as far I mean, as followers on our social media pages. Yeah. And, and you – so, so tell, tell the folks – one, why and how you started, you know, the No Kill Pet Shelter, you know, partnership, how you helped them and then how you developed Foster Fridays and what's come out of it a little bit. Yeah, well, really, it came down. Um, it all started with I was talked into I've always had dogs, you know, my whole life, but I never really I, I, I hadn't really got a good look at how it works inside the shelters and, and in that community. Um, and so I was, I was kind of talked into from some family members and friends to, uh, foster. There was a little dog that, um, had been very badly abused and thrown in a dumpster to die. And Aww. fortunately, uh, a neighbor heard him crying and found him and, you know, they got him to the vet and he was kind of nurtured back to being able to survive. Well, he needed a foster home. Aww. So... So I ended up reluctantly <laughs> agreeing right. to foster him. And so, of course, within a few days, we were bonded. That was Mr. Biggs. Yep. So, uh, so Biggies and I were bonded, and um, he became my little dog. And so from that experience, I, I really um, started becoming interested in how I could help these shelters. And um so at the time, you know, we're, we're humming along on our social media pages for real estate. And I thought, gosh, you know, 
I've been wanting to look for ways to blend the content. I don't want to bore people with real estate every day. Um, you know, we want to want to be a little more diverse, I guess, if you will. And so, um, how can I, how can I do that? And how, how can I help the shelters at the same time? And so I created a post that's, that's been ever since. So this is about five years ago. So ever since it's happened every single Friday called foster Friday. And our tagline is um, at platinum real estate professionals. We not only help people find homes, we help pets find homes too. And so through that post, we, we, partnered with a, a couple shelters and said, send us a photo and description every week. And, you know, we'll post the animal uh, that needs to be adopted. So we started that Foster Friday post and it ended up being our biggest day of engagement on social media by far. I mean, we were getting, you know, hundreds of likes and hundreds of shares and dozens of comments. And, and so it really blew up and through it too, we found that we were getting about eight out of 10 of the pets that we posted, were getting either adopted or multiple applications. And so that's been running for, you know, years, but two years ago, I thought, gosh, I can really take this We're you know, we're getting so much attention from this and, you know, started getting some, some good press over it and things like that. Started getting clients, you know, asking, Hey, how can we help? You know, who can we donate to? And so I was directing their donations to various shelters. And I thought, God, I can make this even bigger and become a nonprofit. So now um, I founded um, about a year and a half ago, the Foster Friday foundation. And so we're, awesome. we're raising money to help these shelters with their mainly with their operating costs and a lot of them get really bogged down with vet bills that's the biggest yeah. expense and so not only just handing them money but a lot of these people are really great people that spend so much of their time on this and their resources but not always really are in a position to kind of run a business and so we come in as as not only a consultant um but you know to to distribute funds as well and really help them with their financials. And a lot of them, you know, don't have any type of a PL or, you know, balance sheet or anything. And these, there's a lot of money passing through these shelters, but not a lot of, uh, you know, attention to how it's being spent. So, so we, we've done that. So, so far this year, we've raised about $40,000. We got a grant from Exxon mobile nice. month, and we got a, yeah, we got a grant from pet smart. And um, so we've been now generating grants and, and donations and just, uh, you know, really growing that nonprofit. I, I will tell you, if you're listening out here, the quickest, biggest way, find something that is, is in your alley, is a strategy that you feel you could get into, whether it be a no-kill pet shelter, whether it be a, you know, ballroom dancing, go get into supporting something and make it part of your business personal methodology. Because Anthony, I can tell you, when you look back now, you have staff that seek you out and want to work at your company because of this. You've now got multiple, yeah. multiple referrals, two or three and four times over from these things. It's now part of who you guys are platinum. And the truth is that is yeah. to me, when you start merging the two and they fit and, and anybody ever saw how many of your staff have animals? My guess is all of them. 
pretty much all yeah so our office is a type you know i my current dog comes to the office with me every day um you know we usually have at least two or three dogs at the office and and um it's just it's our culture everybody's into it and really it's it's what's cool about it too i think is um nobody joins our team now that's not into it basically right so so we're all we're all like-minded because that's who we are and so if somebody's not into it or unfortunately maybe they're allergic to dogs they're probably not a good fit i love it man well listen uh in closing let's give these folks one skill you believe realtors have to come out of this gap with in order to not just survive, but thrive as we rebound. What's one skill you would recommend that every realtor comes out of this gap having learned or, or, or start on their way to being super proficient at? Well, if they're not already doing it, I mean, for me, it's always going to go back to um, building and managing your database. We, we all, we all have access to one, right? Yep. Whether you actually have put it together or not. We all know a lot of people, and so you 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 got to plug them into your system, and you've got to stay in front of them. And it makes it a lot easier at times like this too, because like I said, I'm we're not calling people that we haven't talked to in years. We're calling people that you know they they either we've been in contact with them verbally or they've received something from us recently so it's a it's a warm call 100 you know, it's, it's a it's it's an easy conversation hey i'm checking in because i'm the guy that always checks in i love me. this watch this stat anthony how many home searches do you have actively running right now that you're sending for, how many home searches are being sent out in your world well we have roughly about 25,000 people on a, on listing alerts. So they're getting 25,000 people that are getting property updated that are still receiving them that didn't opt out of it. See, let's think about it. Right? Yeah. I get a, I get my 401k statement every month in the mail, never look at it, but I get it. I get my stock update every <laughs> month in the mail. I'd love to get a property update delivered in my inbox, even if, because you know what? I don't need to look at it now, but maybe I do in three months, six months, 12 months being in front of them with something of value and we are in the property delivery business because we're in real estate, something simple. So man, I love you. Thanks for all you do for the community. Thanks for what you do in the, in the city of Las Vegas. Um, you've just shown great leadership and your growth, man, watching what you've done in your decade in this, uh, in this program, you should be really proud brother. Cause it's uh, been fun to watch. Happy for you, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, Always, always here to, to answer any questions for you or any of your clients. And I've learned so much from you and, and so many of the people that you brought around me. And, you know, a lot of this is honestly things that I'm just <laughs> Well, that's what happens because so. you're smart. You grab it, <laughs> do it better, and then repeat it. By the way, we don't need original ideas, brother. We need stuff that works. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal this from you. Knowledge, effort, and relationship-based. If you have that mindset, you'd be really good in real estate. I love it, man. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Be safe, okay? Take care of your family.